Welcome to the Catholic Link Podcast, the podcast for busy Catholics. My name is Father Rob Adams, and today we are also joined by Father George Elliott again. Father, it is always, always good to have you on. I like having you as a regular. It's good. This is this is fun. We were uh, we were just talking about this episode. So if you remember, we've categorized the episodes into four different boxes. So we've got our faith and dogma. We've got our sacraments and worship. We've got spirituality and prayer. And then today, this is category four, which is wherein I share my thoughts. And if you think that's a catch-all, you are exactly right. That's exactly what this is. Catholic Link is not supposed to be a uh, kind of analysis podcast, website, whatever. But I still think it's good to share a little bit of, of opinion, a little bit of where we're coming from, just because there are more issues than just prayer and dogma and, and that kind of thing out there. So today, I want to talk about loneliness during the Christmas season. So Father George, have you ever seen something like this in your parish or with another priest or anything like that? Yeah, actually, I think it probably hit me the most. You know, both of us went to a seminary in Rome, and of course, we're not allowed to go home during the the, the holiday seasons, right? We only go home after our, at least for for me, it was, wasn't until my second summer. So we're there for basically two years straight. And you know, it was interestingly, Thanksgiving didn't really hit me that hard, but Christmas, that first Christmas, I really felt a lot of loneliness right around that time. And I, I think that's probably normal, right? It's, it's <laughs> normal to feel that way. But as part of the reason I want to talk about this is because we've had enough time to to see it in the rearview mirror and maybe to understand it more than more than just the the emotions that it that it makes, right? Yeah, and so I do want to be clear also, like you know, I, I felt very lonely, but also like I was there with four we went, it was four of us uh, from my diocese that went and traveled around Italy. I mean, it was like the coolest Christmas break I'd ever had. Um, you know, we were with other people. We were, you know, those were some of my brothers, close guys um, that I had a really good friendship with. And, you know, we we definitely had a very joyful time. Um, but even in the midst of all of that seemingly, uh, you know, kind of coolest Christmas ever, that loneliness was was still there. It's yeah, it's like there's a there's like a tug. Like, yeah. So I I've been thinking about this a lot because I find a couple things. I think number one, I think a lot of priests struggle with this during the Christmas season. So why would I say that? Well, it's not that I want you to feel sorry for us. That's that's I don't want our listeners to be like, oh, poor priests. <laughs> right. And but but I think a lot of people may not realize this because this is like a really crazy busy time for us. Mm -hmm. It's different even than Easter because like Easter busy requires you to be at the cathedral, you're doing stuff, you're Holy Week, you're traveling around. Christmas is usually like only at the parish. Yeah. And I was talking to one of the other priests here. We have three priests that live together, which helps with the loneliness thing. Um, but, you know, Christmas is odd that, yeah, the, you know, you'll be slammed with all these liturgies, especially this Christmas where we've got this weird kind of... Ugh. Christmas on Monday, it just backs up that Sunday right on top of us. Uh, so, you know, you have tons and tons of liturgies, but the moment that you're done with it, there's not really anything going on, right? And you're really too tired to go out and, you know, go to some parishioner's house. So you're just kind of at the rectory recovering. Yeah. And I think that's a really hard part of it. It's this, 
you know, hyperactivity and, you know, utter lack of activity back to back. I think I, that is, that is a perfect way to put it, that there's, there's not like a blend, right? Think about it. Like, like if we're, if we're painting, there should be a little bit of a blend between colors here, but what ends mm. up happening for us is like, you're 120% on, and then you're like in negative 50, like zero energy at the end. But I, I you know, I do think there's a couple of things I would want our listeners to know. And that is, so like your priest is going to be tired, obviously, but they might be feeling a little bit of loneliness. Um, and so just be kind to them, right? They may not be able to come to your house. They may not be able to like go to the parties and all that, but like, just, just be nice to your priest this time of year, because it, it is, it is something that a lot of guys, they, they have a hard time with, but it's not just priests. I actually think a lot of married people, even with families, you know, you're surrounded by spouse and kids and, and all this, you can still feel lonely, even in the midst of community. And I know that for a lot of married people, this is like a real drag for them. Like they feel like, well, this was supposed to fix it. Yeah. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of a lot of couples that that say exactly that. And it, and it even gets to the point where, you know, they feel this loneliness and then then they tell themselves, like, well, you know, there's so many people around, everything, you know, is seemingly so perfect. And then, you know, the next thought is like, oh my gosh, maybe my whole life is wrong. And like, yep. <laughs> do I need to get a divorce? Do I need to <laughs> change my entire life? Do I need to, you know, it's yeah, these we just naturally turn towards questioning the direction of our life as opposed to really just recognizing what's going on with the loneliness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I also think it's important to recognize that we, we don't have to pray it away. We don't have to fast it away. Um, you know, <laughs> and it's I, okay. I, I, <laughs> and, and it's okay to get, you know, the right kind of help, right? Like if to have friends, to have people you can talk to, to like all that stuff. But but I think I think what makes Christmas even harder is that our culture has kind of sold this commercialized view of Christmas. And it's not just the gifts. It's also the warm family dinners and the gathering around the tree and that nostalgic smell of like dusty old Christmas decorations, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the reality for a lot of people and and for priests, too, is like Christmas is being tired and. A lot of people you don't know and a lot of people you don't like coming in and getting all up in your face. And then you come home and like you unwrap like something someone gave you. You're like, oh, awesome. And then you like pass out. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I just think sometimes we got to remember to set our expectations in a way that's that's healthy. And, and I think this is going to matter for our spiritual life as well, because if we if we think Christmas, for example, is going to be this great feast where we encounter the baby Jesus and we have so much joy that God has invaded our world with the incarnation. OK, but at, at the base level, you're going to feel that as tired, an exceedingly long mass with screaming kids, uh, incense, uh, too many poinsettias. Father's homily is going to be weird because it's always weird on Christmas. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> manage your expectations in such a way that you can take joy in what's, what's real. Like Christ really is coming. And I want to tell like priests, like people really do love you 
and and families too. Like your kids love you, your spouse loves you. Don't don't let the experience and the tiredness and the the fact that it's not what you built up in your head keep you from experiencing the holy day, the holiday, right? What that's supposed to mean as what it is. Yeah, no, that's really interesting, especially the connection with kind of the commercialization um, and not using it from the root of commerce, but actually commercial, right? Like all of the commercials um, necessarily because they're trying to sell something depict this kind of perfect life and perfect Christmas. And so that becomes this expectation. Um, and so I really like that, that like, you know, almost kind of recognizing that the, um, the, the commercials, the, the movies, you know, all of these things that really do end up shaping our, our expectations. Like they're, they're all staged, right? Yeah. None of them are real. <laughs> this goes, that goes in the fiction category. Yeah. It's, it's not real. And, and, but we do this with our spiritual life too. We do this with our vocations that, that it's yeah. like, particularly around these sort of nostalgic points in the year that our culture sets up. We're like, on Christmas, it's supposed to be like, it's a snowy day and the power's out and the priest has everyone sing, oh, holy night, acapella. And it's so beautiful and moving. You're like, the reality is like, my choir is going to sing something and my choir will be great. But I've been to choirs before where they're like, it's horrible. Right. And they're, they're like <laughs> barely putting together, go tell it on the mountain. Or like, I remember as a deacon, I wrote this awesome homily for, for the vigil mass on Christmas Eve, like about the genealogy. And I was such a jerk because all the all the parish was used to like a Christmas pageant that the kids sort of put on. And uh -huh. homily was like kind of just just a token homily, right? Uh -huh. And while liturgically I don't agree with that, I think maybe I had a bad time because I wanted to put something on there that wasn't there. Right. Uh -huh. And I just think like a lot of people, a lot of good people, our listeners in particular, are gonna go to mass and they might feel a little bit jilted. Like people are going to be talking. It's not going to be the most reverent mass of the year, at least in the pews, right? Yeah. The homily might just be the priest reading a storybook to a bunch of kids if you go on Christmas <laughs> Eve. And I'm not saying that those things are good. I'm not trying to be like, you're wrong and everyone else, whatever. But don't let it ruin Christmas for you. You know, don't, don't be ideologically lonely. You know, like... When you're sitting there in the, I remember when I was a seminarian, I was at a mass and these people were sitting in front of my family and they just talked and talked and talked. And I got so mad at them. And I felt kind of that ideological, like I'm the only person here who wants to celebrate mass and Christ's birth. And that might've been true, but it's not helpful. Yeah. No, that's good. That It kind of brings me all the way back to the that first Christmas uh, in Italy, you know, what actually kind of, I don't know, fixed it is the right word for me, uh, but um, it, it was, we, we went to a monastery and I think we arrived on like Christmas Eve or something like that. <clears throat> and it was a really good and like faithful monastery. And what was so cool was that the entire thing was really just focused on Christ. Mm -hmm. um, and we really could live Christmas as a a holy day, right? Like, mm -hmm. and 
it required me really kind of going through that that process of like okay all of my you know kind of innate expectations of what christmas is supposed to be just need to go out the window because here i am i'm looking around and you know i'm here with three of my really good friends and um i'm at this monastery that's really at a beautiful place and all of these monks are really happy um and you know they're not opening presents and you know hanging out with their families like why is it like like oh because they've actually kind of recognized that this is what we're doing mm-hmm. and what we are doing in its in you know deficits is actually a, a beautiful and a good thing mm-hmm. and it actually then that that entire kind of christmas break was able to be one of the best Christmases that I have, that I now remember, you know, which is so cool. That's so cool. But what I hear there, even in what you were just saying is like, you learned that it's not that the loneliness will go away and it's not that you have to explain it away. You know, it, it would have, that would have been even better with your family and like more friends. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, but I, I also think what you just did there is try to accept the things as they are the way that like the fact that you're at this monastery okay like yeah the chapel might have been cold and some it was freezing (laughs) yeah right like okay (laughs) but if that's if that's all you focus on you're gonna that loneliness is gonna get amped up a little bit and and i think while we can't get rid of that feeling and that tug we can get rid of the things in us that make it worse yeah so during this christmas season i just really want to challenge people to to be okay with with what's actually happening right that doesn't mean go sin it just means like be be happy with with what you can be happy with because those are gifts from god think about it a bit like this what would it, it when you feel bad around this season what would make you happy and I think if you're honest with yourself, you say, oh, well, you know, if, if I was married, I'd be happy. Or if I had my friends over, I'd be happy. Or if people gave me presents, I would be happy. I think you got to be honest with yourself and realize that even if you had those things, it wouldn't fix the problem. It would help, but it wouldn't fix it. And I think if that's true, the thing that will make you happy or not, the thing that will make you close to God or not is your own choice. If you decide I'm going to praise God in the middle of this situation. I'm going to rejoice in the gifts that God has given me in this situation. I think that things get a little bit better and we start to we start to appreciate the gifts that that the Lord has in mind for us instead of just focusing on what we're missing. So, I won't belabor the point, but I, I really think that this is something that needs to be talked about in Catholic circles. Uh, the experience of loneliness and sadness around these these holy days. And, and I want to challenge people to to push through it, to do what you need to do. If you need to get mental health, great. If you need to get spiritual direction, great. Even if you need medication, great, right? Do what you need to do. But I do think one tool that we all have in our toolbox is to appreciate the good things that God has given us, to learn to be joyful in the gifts that that are in front of us instead of always reaching out for what's not there what a great way to end i need to be i'm gonna get bishop baron on here one day to just read shakespeare and he'll find a way to make it sound great like as we read in hamlet 
how many times must I wash these hands? And he could make it. Maybe we should try and put a a little, what is it called? Um, An an Easter egg hideaway, little Shakespeare quotes in these episodes. (laughs) That's the new goal. Exactly. (laughs) No more, no more just breaking up episodes into four categories. Now we're going to hide Shakespeare. So exactly. (laughs) Be looking for that. Anyway, thanks, Father George, for being on the episode today. Always a pleasure. This has been the Catholic Link Podcast, the podcast for busy Catholics. You can find all of our previous material over on catholiclink.org. I want to put a particular plug in for our small group initiative. For anybody who wants a little bit more accountability or even just some small community in your faith life, a small group is a great way to do that. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, I invite you to head on over to our website, catholiclink.org, and you can find all the information on the small group initiative over there. Until next time, my name is Father Rob Adams. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.